0: came out with sets of numbers and I plotted them on pieces of paper.
1: Radio waves, radio waves She
0: sees radio waves Radio waves Astrophys
1: brings the news Arrays and dishes get different views Are you confused? Radio waves,
0: radio waves, radio waves. She sees radio waves. She sees radio waves. Welcome to the Astrophys Podcasts. I'm Brendan O'Brien, and today's the third of September, twenty twenty. Each month, we bring you two fabulous episodes. At the top of each month, we have an interview with a respected astronomer, astrophysicist, space scientist or particle physicist. Then, in the middle of the month, we bring you Dr. Ian Musgrave's Sky Guide for the next four weeks, where he previews celestial observations for naked eye observers, telescopers and astrophotographers. So for today's episode, we are postponing our scheduled interview and instead presenting a special feature on the life achievements of Katherine Johnson, African-American mathematician who hand-calculated many mission trajectories for NASA, including the iconic Apollo 11 mission, and she lived to be 101, born in 1918 and passed away in February earlier this year. She is remembered forever as an integral part of NASA's history and for standing up for the rights of black Americans. In popular culture, she's portrayed lovingly in the film Hidden Figures about pioneering black female aerospace workers and her autobiography, Reaching for the Moon, is a bestseller that was published just last year. Catherine calculated the trajectory for the May 5, 1961 space flight of Alan Shepard, the first American in space. She also calculated the launch window for his 1961 Mercury mission. She plotted onboard navigation charts carried by astronaut missions in case of systems and comms failures. When NASA used electronic computers for the first time to calculate John Glenn's orbit, Katherine was relied on to verify the computer's numbers. Katherine Johnson not only helped calculate the trajectories that took those Apollo astronauts to the moon, she was also a crucial contributor to the start of a space shuttle program. She was a constant champion for women and minorities in the space program and in the world as a whole, breaking down racial and social barriers. Throughout her long and brilliant career, she received many awards, including her country's highest civilian award. Today, we honour her memory in this special episode. Her Life Story Catherine Johnson was born as Creola Catherine Coleman in 1918 in West Virginia to Joylette and Joshua Coleman. She was the youngest of four children. Her mother was a teacher and her father was a lumberman, farmer and handyman. Although her fascination with numbers was obvious from childhood, she recalled counting dishes, stars, steps, everything. The possibility of ever deploying her talent as a professional mathematician was anything but. Her clear mathematical aptitude, though, placed her several grades ahead of others, and at 13, she attended the high school on the campus of historically black West Virginia State College and she and her three siblings were sent 200 kilometers away by her parents to be educated because there was no local high school beyond sixth grade for those who were in those days called colored students in the pre-civil rights era United States. Teachers had allowed her to skip several grades in school, and she was just 14 when she entered college to study mathematics. At Age 18, in 1937, Coleman graduated with highest honours from West Virginia State College, which is now West Virginia State University, earning bachelor's degrees in mathematics and French, and she subsequently moved to Virginia to take up a teaching job. Two years later, in 1939, she was selected as one of the first three African-American students to enroll in a graduate program at West Virginia University. There, she studied maths, but soon left after marrying James Goebel and deciding to start a family. He died later in 1956, and three years later, she married James Johnson. While at university... She was the top student of acclaimed topologist William Waldron Scheifelein Clader, the third African-American to earn a PhD in maths. Neither pupil nor teacher knew where or even if she would be able to put her training to work because prior to the Second World War, women with maths degrees were always required to go into classroom teaching. So after her predicted 2 years teaching at the segregated public schools in West Virginia in 1952 she applied to work at the National Advisory Committee for Aeronautics the NACA they had a research outpost in Hampton Virginia it was then called the Langley Aeronautical Laboratory and she began her career in the all black all female West Area Computing Unit, where she initially performed the analysis of wind tunnel, wing and fuselage experiments. This unit of the NACA was led by mathematician Dorothy Vaughan, who was eight years older than Johnson. We can note here that Dorothy Vaughan was the first African-American director at the National Advisory Committee for Aeronautics, which later became part of NASA, the National Aeronautics and Space Administration. Along with Mary Jackson and Katherine Johnson, the three were the mighty triumvirate of black women mathematicians who inspired and whose stories featured in the book and film we'll talk about later, hidden figures. Anyway, within a year... Vaughan appointed Johnson to a position as a mathematician in the Maneuver Loads branch of the Flight Research Division, a section of the NACA that specialised in wind and ground tests on working aeroplanes rather than wind tunnel simulations. And for five years here, Johnson performed complex mathematical calculations for the program's engineering team that conducted extensive research into streamlining and wake turbulence and their published findings were then directly transformed into aircraft design and fabrication improvements which in turn translated into enhanced safety for military and commercial aviation. We should note that at this time NACA was segregated and the West computers had to use separate bathrooms and dining facilities That all changed in 1958 with the incorporation into NASA, which, as a badge of honor, banned segregation. Meanwhile, Johnson worked on Project Mercury, which was the first human spaceflight program of the United States running from 1958 through to 1963. Mercury was an early highlight of the developing space race. Its goal was to put an astronaut into Earth orbit and safely return, ideally before the Soviet Union. Project Mercury was initially an Air Force project but was taken over by NASA. In 1960... Catherine Johnson co-authored a working paper with one of the group's engineers about calculations for placing a spacecraft into orbit. It was the first time a woman in her division received credit as an author of a research report. Johnson went on to author or co-author a further 26 research reports during her career. Then, in April 1961 the Soviet Union's Yuri Gagarin in the Vostok 1 spacecraft became the first human to reach space and complete an orbit of Earth. And in May 1961, America quickly followed with their first human suborbital spaceflight, Alan B. Shepard Jr.'s mission, Freedom 7. The success of this mission was dependent on the trajectory calculations by a member of the Space Task Group, Katherine Johnson. By 1962, her extraordinary ability to calculate orbital trajectories, thrust parameters, launch windows and emergency return pathways was widely known in NASA circles and, as John Glenn prepared for his famous orbital mission, he asked engineers to get the girl, Johnson to run the same calculations as their new but largely untested computer system. He wanted her to hand-check the trajectory equations that had been input into NASA's new IBM 7090 computer, and only if the two calculations matched, he said, he was ready to go. That successful flight in February 1962, was a pivotal point in the US and Soviet Union space race. And here, Johnson again played a crucial, and for many years, an unacknowledged role. Then, in 1962, President John F. Kennedy whipped up support for NASA's fledgling Apollo program in a famous speech that contains perhaps the most famous words he ever uttered about space exploration. Kennedy's stirring, soaring moon speech delivered at Rice University in Houston laid out why the president believed sending astronauts to Earth's nearest neighbor by the end of the 1960s was so important. Kennedy had first aired that ambitious goal in May 1961, just six weeks after the Soviet Union's Yuri Gagarin became the first human to reach space and orbit the Earth. Here's a short excerpt from JFK's famous moon speech.
1: But if I were to say, my fellow citizens, that we shall send to the moon, 240,000 miles away from the control station in Houston, a giant rocket more than 300 feet tall made of new metal alloys some of which have not yet been invented, capable of standing heat and stresses several times more than have ever been experienced fitted together with a precision better than the finest watch carrying all the equipment needed for propulsion guidance, control, communications, food and survival on an untried mission to an unknown celestial body, and then return it safely to Earth, re-entering the atmosphere at speeds of over 25,000 miles per hour, causing heat about half that on the temperature of the sun, almost as hot as it is here today, and do all this, and do all this, and do it right, and do it first, before this dictators is out, then we must be bold.
0: This leads us directly to a highlight among many in Johnson's career. This was her work in the team that calculated where and when, in which direction and with how much thrust to launch the rocket for the historic Apollo 11 mission of 1969. And she contributed calculations to the parking orbit of Apollo 11's command and service module during that first crewed moon landing which, as promised earlier by JFK, sent the first three astronauts to the moon and back on behalf of the USA. After the other Apollo missions, including the rescue of Apollo 13, Johnson later went on to work on the space shuttle program from 1981 to 1986. She retired from NASA in 1986 with a magnificent payload of achievements to her credit. After her retirement from NASA, after 33 years at Langley, she was a welcome and much sought-after visitor into classrooms to beguile students with the wonders of mathematics, spaceflight and the benefits of pursuing STEM careers in science, technology engineering or mathematics. Even as the popularity of hidden figures turned her into something of a celebrity, Katherine Johnson would be modest yet a profound inspiration to a new generation of young people. Asked about the challenges of being black in a segregated workplace or of having upended the no-women policy in her division's research meetings, she was most likely to reply, I was just doing my job. Fortunately for all of us, her idea of just doing her job was not just doing the maths. It was also about making workplaces and the world a better, fairer place for everyone. Johnson received many awards and honors during her life, including from President Obama the Presidential Medal of Freedom in 2015. In 2016, NASA named the Catherine G. Johnson Computational Research Facility after her. Also in 2016... Margot Lee Shetley published Hidden Figures, the American dream and the untold story of the black women mathematicians who helped win the space race about the West computers, including Johnson, Dorothy Vaughan and Mary Jackson. The film, just called Hidden Figures, based on this book, was also released in 2016 and nominated for three Academy Awards. It's a brilliant story about a wonderful, hard-working and talented person. Go see it. Katherine Johnson also published an autobiography, Reaching for the Moon. In it, she neatly and accurately weaves in significant historical events that had profound effects on her country and the African-American community, including the murder of Emmett Till, lunch-counter sit-ins and school integration. Larger ideas such as white supremacy are broken down with ease for younger readers especially. Johnson's story is an easy one to follow and hard to put down and highly recommended. Johnson became a powerful symbol of the often unheralded contributions that women and minority ethnic groups have made to science, technology, mathematics and computing over the course of the 20th century. Now brought to light... Johnson's legacy won't be forgotten and will hopefully lead to recognition for other black women too long overlooked due to racism and sexism. Valet, Katherine Johnson, 1918-2020 to 2020, A Totally Inspiring Life Well Lived And remember, Astrophys is free and unsponsored and we're very happy to recommend that you can always get the latest and best space news from Rami Mandau at spaceaustralia.com and another great astro podcast is The Skyentists with Kirsten Banks and Dr. Ankel Lopez-Sanchez and for observers and astrophotographers always check out Dr. Ian Musgrave's AstroBlogger website. Till then, isolate, take care, look after yourself and your loved ones, and please do wear a mask when you can't socially distance yourself. Bring away.